It's a wonderful day to celebrate. Amen. We're super excited today uh, to dedicate 10 children to the Lord. Woo. You know, it's exciting. It's exciting. You know, we're not a huge church. And just in case anyone was wondering, we are okay with that. You know, yeah. we are more interested in community and depth of relationship than we are with kind of having thousands and thousands of people. Although we'll take as many people as the Lord brings and we'll Amen. love them and we'll bring them into community. Amen. But 10 kids, it's exciting. It's exciting. It's organic growth right. into the kingdom of God, which you all know we are all about that. So um, let's just worship the Lord today. Let's celebrate families. Let's celebrate his goodness. Um, let's celebrate the hope of babies and children. Amen. Amen. So stand with me today. Um, we're going to do this this morning. Look, we've done, we've got a lot of kids, as you know. Uh, so we've done many baby dedications and child dedications. And the key to making them successful is having them early in the service. Okay, because as you know, with any young, young child, it's hard to keep them busy and engaged if it goes somewhere like within hour two of the service. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to do one song. Uh, we're going to do a song called The Blessing. And then we're going to have you guys see, we're going to turn up some of the house lights, and then we're going to do the baby and child dedication. And then we're going to go back into worship and communion and have a regular old blowout church service. Amen? You guys ready for that? Can we do that this morning? Okay. We're going to do this call to worship together. It's out of Psalm 96. We're going to read it together. It's the first four verses. We're going to do them together on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord and bless his name. Proclaim good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his wonders among all peoples. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. Heavenly Father, we just come to you this morning. We thank you for your goodness, your faithfulness. We thank you for these families that are represented here today, both those who are getting dedicated and those who are just here to participate in your presence. Holy Spirit, have your way this morning. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Let's worship. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. What would our lives look like if when we woke up in the morning, we just stood in that truth? What would it look like if we woke up and the first shower we took was in the shower of truth? I'm talking to myself. I'm preaching to myself. I'm always preaching to myself. Always. What would it look like? What would it look like? Not if we just... Not if we just talk to him kind of in our mind, but if we, if we just stood in the truth, yeah. if we spoke it out of our mouths, if we put it in our ears. Yeah. Parents, as you come up today, Ooh. he is for you in this thing. Amen. He is for you. Amen. And you know, the only way to succeed, truly succeed in parenting is to stand in that. Yeah. It's not like a fancy soap that you take home and you stick on the shelf and you never use. Yeah. The truth of God's word, the fact that he is for you, the fact that he is with you, 
Man, that is, it's not something fine that sits up on the shelf. You take it down and you use it. Amen. You slather yourself in it day in and day out. And when your children aren't walking as they should, when they're not making decisions like they should, you remind yourself who they belong to. Amen. They don't belong to you. Amen. Know that this morning. This yeah. morning you're going to stand up here and you're going to officially give up any thought that these children belong to you. <laughs> They belong to the one who knew them before they were before they were even conceived. He knit them together in the womb. He chose them. You are here to counsel them, to love them, to teach them, to guide them. The most important thing is you are here to pray for them. And to release them into the will of the Father. To activate in them the gifts, the talents, the purposes, and the plans. It's not to get them to memorize the most scripture. Okay? Because it's not that whoever memorizes most scripture as a child doesn't win the race. (laughs) Just doesn't work that way. It's to get them to know him. To know that his word is true. It's to bring them into that shower every morning. If you're not bathing in the truth, if you're not if you're not believing that he's for you, how are you going to bring up a child behind you to believe that he's for you? Amen. Amen. Just be encouraged this morning. You can do this. Amen. You are not alone. Amen. This community today, church, today you you are committing. The Pastor Jason is going to ask you all some questions and you're going to answer we will. Right. We will stand with these parents. Yep. We will love these children. We'll not condemn them when they're 16 years old and wearing something to church they shouldn't. We'll pray for their mama. Yeah. We'll pray for their heart to know it's about to their value. Yeah. We're not going to go up and try to do this to them. We're yeah. going to stand behind them. We're going we're to help them to know the goodness of God, to know the love of God, to know the victory of Christ, the truth of his word this morning. Oh, I'm Amen. excited. Amen. Are we ready to do this or what? Are you ready? All right. You guys can have a seat. We're going to turn the house lights up a little bit. And here's what we're going to do this morning is I'm going to call the names out of the families. Uh, and what I'm going to do is we're going to call them one at a time. Uh, and I'm just going to ask that as I call the family, uh, it, when you come up, we're just going to have you guys come, not up on stage because there's not enough room anyway. Uh, we're going to just have you guys start right here and just kind of make a semicircle going around. Uh, and then we're going to pray. So come as far back to the stage as you can and make the semicircle around. Uh, the other thing I ask, if you came with the family uh, and that family wants you to stand with uh, the, the kids and the ch- children that are getting dedicated, they can also come up with you. Uh, it's up to you guys, your choice. There's no right or wrong answer to that. And it's a last minute thing, so you guys can decide. So here we go. So I'm going to call these. I know there also be, uh, the names will be up on the screen for you as well. Uh, first, we have Rahina Montez Esteveste. <laughs> All right, you guys just want to come up over here. Uh, second, we got Davina Lynn Freschetti. Come on up, Davina. <clears throat> All right, next we've got the Harps family. We got Elizabeth Grace. We got Laura Ann and Elena Danielle. Come on up, guys. That's good. You guys are all good. All right, the Johnson family. You guys are next. We got Gabriella May, a.k.a. Ella May, and Noah Michael. 
Noah Michael might be the youngest person we've ever dedicated. He's fresh. Oh, yeah. He still oh, yeah. smells like heaven oh, if yeah. you smell the top of his head. That's right. All right, come on up, guys. Yeah, you guys can just go right there. That's fine. All right, next we got the Musella family. We got Charles Stephen and Grace Lynn. Come on up, guys. And then we got the Reckets, William James Reckett, a.k.a. Liam. Come on up, bud. <clears throat> All right, I'm going to come down here. All right, you all can see them okay? All right. Yes, I do. I do. Okay, guys, I'm going to read something uh, briefly here. It's kind of what's called a pastor's charge to the parents. So this is my charge to you guys. It says, through your children, you pass on everything you are and everything you have to offer humanity. That's how God made his ultimate covenant with mankind, through his own son. Each generation has the responsibility to instill within the next generation of reverence for God and the knowledge of his word. In this way, God can build on the basic truths of right living, loving God and our fellow man, to reveal himself more fully to each generation. And as you dedicate your children to the Lord, you're actually dedicating yourselves as parents to help your child mature and fulfill his or her destiny. As Hannah presented Samuel and Joseph and Mary presented baby Jesus, so you also present your child to dedicate them to the Lord today. All right, guys, we're, we're all going to get there. It won't be long. Okay, so what I'm going to ask is I'm going to give a charge, and I'm going to actually give a pledge to you guys, and after I pause, we want you guys to say, we will. This is just for the parents to start. This is what they're pledging to go do. Okay, to dedicate your child to the Lord and to commit yourselves to the proper nurture of this child, please answer, we will, to the following. We will train up this child in the way that he or she should go. That's right. Oh, yeah, come on. Say it like we mean it here today. Will you show your child the God kind of love? Will you raise your child in the training and instruction of the Lord, not provoking him or her to wrath? You're all practicing that right now. <laughs> Will you teach your child the principles of the word of God and show them the value of those principles? Will you be an example to your child on how to live victoriously through the promises contained in God's word? All right, church, this is up to us now. This is our commitment to them. So why don't we stand together? Stand in unity. We're going to stand right with them. See, the parents are not alone in this, in the desire to raise their children in the right way and in the right atmosphere. Their extended family, the church family, that's us. We have a responsibility to help. So answer amen to the following statements as we commit to help these parents raise their children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. We will provide godly examples for the child through our words, actions, and lifestyles. Amen. amen. By supporting the ministries, we will help meet the children's needs spiritually, socially, physically, mentally, and emotionally. Amen. We will encourage the child to reach their full potential in fulfilling their divine destiny. Amen. 
and we will support the parents and the children in prayer. So we're going to pray. I'm just going to pray because i got some anointing oil, babe, if you want to do the anointing oil as we go down. Just stretch out your hands as we pray for these, for these children. There's a verse in 1 Samuel that says this, For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, that which I asked. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord, just as we already said. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. So stretch your hands out. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these children. We thank you for these parents. And we dedicate them now to your service in the presence of this local church body. We dedicate them to train them up in the way that they should go to fulfill their divine purpose. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. As this child grows physically and spiritually, may the goodness and mercy follow them all the days of their life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. May the parents be continually guided by wisdom of your Holy Spirit. And may this congregation be a source of strength and encouragement to the child and their family. Father, we just give these children to you today. Thank you, Lord. Have your way. Have your way in their lives. Father, we just give them to you this morning. We give them to you this morning. Father, we stand with them. We agree with them. We partner with them. We love them. And Father, bless them all the days of their life. In your precious name we pray. Amen, amen. and amen. Okay, guys. Hallelujah. Give them a hand. All right. Uh, just a couple notes. There are some gifts for you guys in the back table to pick up after service. So... You did a great job of making those. So if you guys want to peek at them as you guys go out today, there's some great baby dedication, child gifts. Also, we will have fellowship after church today. We've got cookies, we've got water, and we've got some coffee. Okay, so stick around after church, and we're going to do some fellowship. Hey, guys, stay standing with me. Let's continue to worship the Lord. We're going to release now from our seats to come up to the table. Um, and collect your communion elements and circle back to your chairs and hold on to it because we're going to take communion together. And as the people are coming up, can we just sing through that? This whole song is about how do we fight our battles? This is how I fight my... It's about the table prepared for us in the presence of our enemies.
It's about the table, the body and the blood of Jesus. So as you're walking up, this is how you fight your battles. This is how it's done. Eyes on Jesus, communion with who he is. It's never about who you are. It's never about how bad you are, how good you are, ever, ever. Say ever. This is how we fight our battles. Let's sing through it. Come up, collect your elements, and then circle back around. We'll come back up and take communion together then. Hallelujah, hallelujah, guys. My victories in Jesus' name. Yes. My victories in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Even though we're surrounded, we're surrounded by Him. He is so good. He is so faithful. Father, I thank you for the table. I thank you for the price that Jesus paid. I thank you for the body broken, for the blood shed that paid the price for my sins, for our sins. Father, we just take a moment to just reflect on that with thankfulness, with gratitude, with joy. Because no matter what we've done, you paid the price. Father, we thank you for it. In your precious name. The Bible says this, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. We had given thanks, he broke, and he said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Let us partake. Father, we just thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness to us. Father, we thank you that you are the way maker, that you're the miracle worker, that you're the promise keeper. So, Father, we just give you all the praise and glory today in your precious name. Amen. Stand with me. We got one more song we're going to go do. And listen, the altar is open. So if you guys have any business you want to do with the Lord, come on up front and do business with the Lord. The Lord would say to us this morning that he is with us. That he is with us. That whatever you're facing, 
he is with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And in his presence is fullness of joy. Do you know all the suffering I've walked through? His presence lifts it off of me. And the greater my ability to practice his presence and host his presence in my car, in my bedroom, in my home, the greater my ability to take his presence with me everywhere, the greater my victory, the greater my peace, the greater my strength, the greater my joy. (laughs) Has anyone ever been to Pastor and Pam's house? You walk into like a haze of peace. Granted, no children live there. (laughs) Just saying. No pets, no children. But you know that he's there. And the presence of God isn't, isn't scared of the noise of my children. That's right. But I'm leaving here today knowing and feeling challenged, really, to go home and just find that spot yeah. and just begin to host his presence in that spot. Now, I've done this before. Jason came home from work, gosh, it must be like seven years ago, and he was looking for me. And I was literally in a closet. I had been playing hide and seek, and the kids forgot about me. And I stayed I stayed. I just figured, well, I think they're safe. I'm staying. And I mean, I was in there for like a good half hour. He came home. He's like, what are you doing in here? I was like, close the door. (laughs) Close the door. Find your place. Let's go from here today and practice walking in this. Practice talking to him out loud who you are. So if I try to be Pastor Pam... It's just not going to work. It's going to be like an ill-fitting coat. He wants me, and he wants her. He wants you. I've tried a lot to be him because I just admire him so much, so much. And I did that, and I got a little bit of a talking to from the Lord. (laughs) And I suffered because when you wear something ill-fitting, it doesn't work well. And the Lord said, you know know the goal is not to be like Jason. That's exactly what he said to me. And I was just like, okay. So let's go from here today, trusting him, eyes on Jesus, trusting in who he is, that he loves us, that in his presence is fullness of joy. In his presence is victory. Not that we don't suffer, not that we don't walk through trials and pain and tribulations, but he is with us. And when that reality, when I'm here with y'all, when we're worshiping together, there's no doubt, zero percent doubt. And I, I mean, you wonder why we get going up here. Oh, we just feel his presence. Feel his presence, and I just want to take it with us. Amen. I want to take it home. I want y'all to take it home with you. Amen. So, to close out worship here with this scripture, then we'll move into a time of greeting. It says this out of Philippians 4 It says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely. Whatever things are of good report, there is any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. These things. This is truth. These things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. Thank you, Father. All right.
instructions. We're going to move into our time of greeting. If you're a first-time guest with us, I see a lot of new faces. I know y'all, some of y'all are here for um, child dedication, and we just welcome you. We welcome you into God's presence. Um, It's a joy and an honor to worship together. Um, On the back of the seat, there's a connection card. It's a place for you to let us know that you were here. You can fill out as much information or as little information as you want. Um, You know, it's just to say, hey, we were here. We were at your service. We send out an email. That's the only thing we do. If you put an email, we send out an email that says, hey, thanks for coming. Um, So if you want to do that, those cards then, um, what happens is we put our offering buckets up here on the step. We don't pass them. So during the break, if you have tithes, offerings, or connection cards, um, they come up here. They go in those those buckets, um, and we'll collect that. If you are an ECF kid, you know the drill. If you are a guest with children, uh, what we have for the kids is called Kid Corner. It's right over in that corner. I head over there right when I come down. And we have some um, guest bags with just some things to help keep the kids occupied for the rest of service. Uh, We have some books they can borrow during service uh, and some sermon notes. So if you are a guest and you have kids, I'll be over there um, to kind of help you out. Uh, Get your kids ready for the rest of service. So let's just greet one another, encourage one another in the Lord. All right, guys. So listen, I hate to break all this up. We just stand up here. We love it. We love all of the conversation. We love all the fellowship that happens in the middle of church. Um, But pause your conversation and pick it back up afterwards with cookies. All right, there's cookies, there's coffee. You guys can hang out for a good long time. A good long time. So... um, I have a couple announcements before we get to the word. Um, the first is young adult small group. So I was so blessed this morning by the average age that was up here leading us in worship. I just made me so happy. I mean, I'll, I'll worship with anyone from any age, so let's not even go there. But to see young people using their gifts and talents for the Lord just made me so excited. Also, the fact that my grace, this is her first time on keys on a Sunday morning, the fact that I threw, I threw uh, some changes up to um, Sophia and Tessa, wanted it, wanted it changed up, and they just rolled with it. So um, they're just such a blessing. So our ministry to young adults is important. And our very own Sydney Moore, who is awesome, album coming soon. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, she leads our young adult small group. It's this Tuesday at 6 p.m. up at the Rose Center. The Rose Center is the white... Am I pointing the right direction, honey? Okay. Spatially challenged. I'd be like the Rose Center. The Rose Center is the white farmhouse up here. Beautiful space. Wonderful fellowship. If you are a young adult, don't hesitate to go check it out. Okay? And actually, I think meaty, biblical, good stuff, too. So it's not all just fluff. It's good stuff. And and a lot of fun. Um, And maybe Georgia. Does Georgia come? And um, a really sweet yellow lab who comes. Um, and so it makes it fun. So that's Tuesday, this Tuesday at 6 p.m. Uh, so don't miss that. Uh, the next announcement I have has to do with Operation Christmas Child. So this is going on. We heard from Miss Lynn last week. I love her. She was like setting up lines for giving. Awesome. Um, the OCC is a shoebox prep night. It is this Wednesday from 5 to 7 p.m. It is in the basement, which is also the youth 
area. Yeah, I, I prefer to say youth area over basement. Um, it's downstairs in the youth area, and uh, the tasks that are going to be completed is just like pre-work, like putting soaps and washcloths into baggies, putting toothbrushes into baggies. This is work that I believe kids could do. I'm looking to Lynn. This is stuff kids can do, right? Yeah, so this is a great opportunity to get your kids in and serving others. Um, uh, that's this Wednesday. We also are collecting $9 for shipping. Each box costs $9 to ship. Our goal this year is 300 boxes, so that's $2,700. Um, we've now, I don't think we've ever put that out there to the congregation before, um, We've never paid all the shipping before, and so we're, we made that a new goal this year. So if you want to partner with that, you can grab um, an offering envelope in the seat backs. Uh, you can mark OCC, and you can give 9 bucks, or you can give 100 bucks. You can give whatever you want. Um, the offering buckets, when they disappear, there's a box to the left of the door where offering envelopes can also go. Um, and that's it. That's what I got. All right, I just want to have, I have a scripture for the offering. Uh, we're going to pray over and Then we're going to get into God's word. Uh, you can hear my voice is a uh, little challenged this morning. Uh, we've had participated this weekend in something called Breakthrough Weekend. And we partnered with four, five other local churches. Uh, it was held at Erie First Assembly. It was Friday night and it was all day Saturday. And it was just an amazing time of being in his presence um, and I, was, I taught multiple sessions on Saturday. I led the service last night. Uh, I was praying for people. And, you know, this, we have our stage here. We've got our speakers. But at Erie First, uh, there's, you know, the stage is a little bit bigger than this. But the speakers, I feel like they must be, like, right at the edge of the stage because I was in the prayer line. And I'm trying to pray for people. And literally, the music is so loud behind me that I'm shouting my prayers at the person, and they're just standing there like this, right? We're just praying over people, and people are just getting healed, and I mean, it just was an amazing, amazing time. So anyway, my voice is a little bit light here this morning, but I prayed to God. I said, Lord, I only have an hour and a half sermon that I prepared this morning. No, I'm serious. (laughs) Preach it, right? Who's got to preach it? No, actually, I did have an hour-long sermon prepared, and the Lord told me not to do it. He said, do that in two weeks. And the sermon actually was on how to submit to leadership, even when it's hard. Mm, Yeah, everyone's just like, "Mm, why aren't you going to do that one? I don't know, because the Lord said not to, but I will do that in two weeks. So if you want to come back in two weeks, you can can hear that one. Uh, I do want to mention that we do have Pastor Jim. Uh, And Pam here, and Pastor Jim is going to be speaking next week, uh, next Sunday, so I encourage you to come out for that. Uh, We are, uh, actually Liz and I uh, and some of the staff uh, are going to be headed to Virginia. We're going to a conference in Virginia, and uh, it's just getting poured into us. So last week, this weekend for Breakthrough, we were pouring into others, and then we're going to leave town on Wednesday, and we come back. I think late Saturday night, uh, so we'll be at church next Sunday, uh, but Pastor Jim's going to give a great message, as he always does, and so I can focus on receiving from the Lord that which he wants me to receive versus preparing for a message uh, for next week, so I encourage you to come back next week for that. All right, offering, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8, it says, and God is able, come on guys, say God is able, 
We could just end with that, yeah? All right, message is done, sermon is over. God is able, and then you just fill in whatever it is in your life that you need to fill in. God is able to heal my body. God is able to restore my relationships. God is able to save me from the pit of hell. God is able, right? He is able to do everything that we need him to go do. Now, that doesn't mean he'll do everything we want him to go do. That's a whole nother message. Whole nother message. Because sometimes we want him to do things and he doesn't do them exactly as we want and we get upset. But we'll do that another time. It says, God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That you, all grace abound. Come on, church. All grace abound to you. That you always having all sufficiency in all things may have abundance for every good work. And I just want to share two quick testimonies. Um, One, they don't know I'm sharing this, so I won't give names. Uh, But there's somebody who came up to me this morning before church and says, you know, one of the most, the greatest, one of the things we can do from a faithfulness perspective is to tithe. Because God is asking back just for 10% of the 100% that he already gave us. And this person has testimony after testimony in their life of God's goodness and faithfulness providing for them financially over and over and over again. And then what I want to share with you today is it's not just that. It's not just from a financial perspective. There was a mom who came up and told me that she has been praying for her son for years, who was walking as an agnostic or an atheist, who didn't believe in God, and she would send him emails. And she would pray for him and pray for him and believe and believe that God is able to do all things. And right at the break, she came up to me and said, that my son just told me that he's going to go study to be a pastor. Come on, guys. God is able. God is able. The faithful prayers of a mother, praise God. I'm here because of my mother's prayers. How many of you are here most likely because of your mother's prayers? Come on, guys. Yeah, I mean, it's just moms have powerful, powerful prayers. Let's pray over the offering, get into the word. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, for your goodness and faithfulness. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you meet every need, that you are the all-sufficient one, Lord, that you take care of all the things that we have. We present them to you. We thank you for these gifts, these givers, Lord. Bless these families. And Father, bless this message this morning. Bless this message as you have ordained it. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so breakthrough weekend. Uh, One of the breakout sessions that I was able to do, I really felt the Lord as I woke up this morning is to share pieces of what I shared. Now, that was an hour-long teaching, but there's some things I want to share with you. So I want you to open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 9. And I have no overheads today because I had, you know, pages and pages of overheads prepared for the other message that I prepared, not for this one. So you guys are just going to have to follow me, take notes, put them in your phone. Uh, If you're on your phone, I'll just assume you're taking notes. Amen. Or maybe you're posting a great quote on Twitter or Instagram. That's okay, too. You can do that. But the title of the message is Keys to Breakthrough Living. Keys to Breakthrough Living. And I think the subtitle, and you guys have heard me say this before, the subtitle of this is Not Normal. How do we live a life that is not normal? Do you know how many times that you pick up your phone to look at it each day? On average, I'm not saying you personally, but on average, 263 times. Come on. 260, this is normal. So I'm I'm thinking I want to be not normal in a lot of these things as I see the way people live and operate, amen? 
263 times. If you do the average that, it's every three minutes. Every three minutes. The average American watches between four and six hours of either YouTube or TV a day. A day. Now you say, hey, Pastor Jason, that's not me. That's good. All right. I don't know the statistics on how often with social media and younger people and how, much, how many hours they spend on their phones doing what I call, or maybe it's called something, if everybody knows, the death scroll. Right, you guys know what the death scroll is? You guys hear me, right? You just start scrolling through whatever social media you're on, and you just, oh, oh. Advertisement, how do they know that I wanted that? Advertisement, how do they know that I wanted that? Is this thing listening to me? Is this thing watching? Yeah, probably, and yes. That's a whole nother message. We're not talking about that today. And an hour and a half later, you're like, what the heck happened? Where's my time gone? This is actually normal for Americans. And this message, this keys to breakthrough living, I believe is so important because we are moving into a time where we need to hear God's voice. Where we need to understand what God is saying specifically to us in the situation in which we are in. I mean, if you lived in Afghanistan right now, you'd be like, you know what, man? Every day that you woke up, you would be on your knees. And you would say, the most important thing today, Lord, is that your Holy Spirit leads me and guides me. Because I don't know what bus to get on. I don't know what street to walk into. I don't know if I should go back to my house. I don't know if I should leave the country. I don't know any of these things. And for daily living, they're asking the questions to the Lord. What should I do? This is what Christians are doing when they're being persecuted. And we live in America, guys, and it's very great. But I don't think we can all sit here and think that there will be no persecution in our lives. And I don't know when Jesus is coming back. This is another message I'm not giving today because I don't know the date. But it sure feels like it's amping up more and more that the time is near. And the time is near that life and death hang in the balance of your ability to hear the voice of God in your life and to make a proper decision on what he's asking you to go do. And now is the time to prepare for it. Now is the time before the urgency is so much that life and death hang in the balance. Now is the time to be able to understand this, to be able to walk in it, to be able to do it and understand it so that you can live in the protection of the Lord. Now, does that mean that once you get this, there will never be any bad thing that happens to you? No. But I can tell you from my own personal experience, and my wife can tell you, over and over and over, the Holy Spirit will speak to us and whisper to us in that still small voice to get us to stop doing something or to start doing something. The great example I like to use is this is my wife's one, so I'll use it for because it's funny. When we have a lot of kids. We've already mentioned that. When we lived at a house in Hermitage, she was at the top of the stairs. And, of course, you know, we, had, we were changing a lot of diapers at the time. And one of our babies, I mean, I'm talking, you know when you have a diaper that's just, just pee. Okay, guys, just, just pee. But there's a, I mean, the diaper is just full, right? Come on, we're doing baby dedication. So we understand this. You know when that diaper's full and it's just like, wow, man, that's a, that diaper is really full. And she was sitting at the top of the steps. And she was about to toss it down. I'm talking like 12 steps down. Right? And, and mind you, it's a slate floor at the bottom of the steps, okay? With a carpet, you know, a nice, ooh, nice carpet, entry carpet, really beautiful. And the Holy Spirit just speaks a little, says, don't do it. 
don't do it. And she does one of those, ah, it'll be all right. And lets it go. And I'll tell you what, that thing hit the bottom of the steps like there was a grenade inside that diaper. <laughs> Boom, the thing blew up. There's diaper, there's pee everywhere. And it's like, oh my gosh. But here's the moral of the story. The Holy Spirit was speaking to her and said, don't do it, because he was trying to save a hardship and a trouble that was just about to come around. And the, this message, the point of this message, and I can give you ones that aren't as funny about this. Many of you, in fact, I'll just share one now because we'll get the bad news out of the way. And then we'll get into the good news. When Eva was a baby, she was uh, probably one and a half years old. Liz was out uh, with having coffee with a friend. And I was home babysitting. I was being like dad of the year. I, this is kid number four. I'm like, I can handle four kids like nobody's business. This is all right. I can do this. And it came to be snack time. Snack time for the kids. And so what I decided to do as a great dad is I was going to give them a healthy snack. And I was going to give them an apple. I mean, what dad wouldn't give their kids an apple? And I felt like the Holy Spirit say to me, does Liz ever give the kids an apple, especially the baby? No, I haven't seen that, but what difference does it make? Let's get an apple cut up. Let's get this baby eating some apples. Right? This is what good dads do. So I'm cutting this, and I'm slicing them in these beautiful little fans. You know, nice little pieces. You know, because you want to be able to chew them up. And as I'm slicing up, the Lord speaks to me again and says, have you ever seen her eat an apple? This is Eva. I'm like, no, it'll be all right. And so she goes ahead and eats the apple. About after the third apple, she begins choking on it. I have to flip her upside down. I'm pounding her on the back, doing the old Heimlich maneuver for little children. Nothing is working. Nothing is helping. She doesn't have a lot of oxygen. She is breathing a little bit, but not that much. And I just start praying, Lord, Lord, I need your help. Lord, I need your help. Lord, I need your help. And I'm praying, I'm putting healing scriptures on. I'm, do I call 911? What do I do? Holy Spirit, lead me. I call Liz. She comes home. There's a whole other story that goes with that. I'm not going to get into it this morning. But I'm fighting a battle now that I'm in that the Holy Spirit actually gave me the ability to avoid if I would have listened to that still small voice. And Liz came home. I handed Eva to her. I couldn't. The battle was, was you know, the battle's tough, right? When you got your child sitting, you're trying to figure out what to do. And she just prayed over her. She said, we need wisdom. We need wisdom now. And Eva threw up. And the apple came up. She took a big breath of air. And she was fine. She's a wonderful, healthy 12-year-old <clears throat> today. So the diaper is funny. The apple is not so funny. And I'm telling you that, church, you need to know how to hear the voice of God. And the importance of this message, I cannot explain it to you how important it is. If you think it's important today, fast forward five years from now, it's going to even be more important. Did I tell you to open your Bibles to Acts chapter 9? Okay, you're there. Let's, I want to read, uh, starting in verse 10. I'm going to give you these three keys to breakthrough living. And it's a story about Ananias. I joked yesterday, there's two Ananiases in the Bible. This is not the one who held back tithes and offerings. That's another message. That's Ananias and Sapphira. We're not going to go there. This is Acts chapter 9, verse 10. 
It says, so keys to breakthrough living. Remember that. We have to be able to discern and hear the voice of God. Now there was a certain disciple. Stop. A certain disciple. The key to breakthrough living is you need Jesus in your life. It is not possible to do this life and hear from God if you don't know God. When you don't know somebody, you don't understand or hear their voice. When Liz calls me on the phone, I know immediately that it's her voice. Immediately. The moment the phone rings, I pick it up. I know you all got speed dial and you got your contacts in there. I'm talking about she called me from a number that I was unaware of. Now, the chances of me picking up a number, come on, guys, right? How many of you answer a number that you don't know who it is in your phone? Maybe like two of us, right? But most of us don't go. But let's just say I did that. And Liz says, hey, babe, I would know her voice right away. Do you know that you can hear God's voice that clearly? That you cannot, I'm not talking about an audible voice. I'm not talking about a booming voice that's coming out of heaven, that's shaking your bed, you know, in the middle of the night. I'm talking about the still, small voice. On the Holy, from the Holy Spirit, on the inside, speaking to you. I'm going to talk a little bit in a minute about how do we discern between whether or not I know it's God or whether I, come on now, right? Or whether it's these thoughts up here that are not of God. So there was a certain disciple named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. Look at that. Here I am, Lord. Immediately upon hearing the voice, his response was, here I am, Lord. It wasn't, who was that? Did I hear something? Is somebody calling me? I'm not quite sure who that might have been. No. Immediately, immediately, here I am, Lord. He understood his voice. Why? Because he was a disciple. And he had a relationship with God. You cannot be in here this morning and not have a, and have a relationship with, or not have the relationship with God and expect to hear his voice. You must have the relationship with him. Verse 11 says, and so the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called Straight, inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, and behold, he is praying. Verse 12, in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Step one, to break through living is to remove interference. Church, we have to remove interference from our life. People come up to me and they say, you know what, Pastor Jason? I, don't, I, I just don't hear the voice of God in my life. I say, here's the voice of God. Always available in your life. Are you spending time in the word? Well, no. How does one expect to know the voice of God, to hear the voice of God, and not spend time with God in his word? It's not possible. Once you begin to hear someone's voice and you see how he speaks and how he talks, and these are spirit-inspired scriptures, that he begins to illuminate to you. What we have to do as a church as, as people who trust and serve Jesus is remove the interference. I told this funny story this weekend. I'll tell it here. Everybody knows I'm a Penn State football fan, those who attend. Uh, look, don't tell me the score. Ah, I didn't watch the game yet from yesterday. I recorded it on DVR. I'm planning to go home right after this and watch it. Don't tell me the Penn State score. You can tell me if Ohio State won or lost. I don't care about that so much. 
Actually, I care if they lose. I'm sorry if you're from Ohio. <clears throat> but when we lived in Girard, I didn't have cable. And I had something called rabbit ears. <laughs> Come on now, you know what the rabbit ears are, right? The rabbit ears are that antenna that you need to hook to your TV in order to get like four channels. Yeah, that actually, that was, this was before live streaming. This was before live streaming. Four channels. And it happened to be that on a Saturday, on a Saturday, Penn State was playing on ABC. And this was one of the channels that I got. However, in my house, ABC was the one channel that didn't come in right. I could get CBS. I could watch PBS all day. I could watch Fox. I could watch all these things. But I could never watch ABC unless I did the following. Let's just pretend this is the TV right here. Right, here's the screen, here's the TV, and I'm, this is the, you guys are in my living room. Welcome to my living room. Here's the TV sitting right here. The only way ABC would come in for me to watch this Penn State football game is if I held the rabbit ears to the right of the TV, if I held them up at this particular angle, and I twisted one of the rabbit ears back so that it actually would touch the hinge on the door because if it touches metal, it boosts the signal. So this is what I would do for the game. And I'm trying to watch the game like this. I'm like, babe, tell me what's going on. I can't see the game. And I'm stretching and I'm looking. And then eventually I'm trying to get kids to do it. Grace remembers this, right? Nobody, no one's tall enough to do it. I got a bunch of little kids, right? I could have paid a kid to stand there and hold it. But they weren't taking any money at the time, right? And so I'm just like, what am I going to do? And so finally, you know, I struggled through this two-hour game. They, they play like Alabama. They got blasted anyway. So I was just frustrated with the whole thing. But what I felt like the Lord say is sometimes when we are trying to remove interference from our life, it's actually hard to do. Because we get into habits and patterns in our life which we are comfortable with the interferences that we have in our life. Come on, guys. You get up, the first thing you do is swipe up your phone and you're most likely not going to the Bible app. Come on, I'm just being truthful. I check my emails first thing. I'm not saying you have to swipe up and look at your Bible app very first thing in the morning, but you have to understand what is it in your life that's causing interference from being able to hear the voice of God. And you need to proactively begin to remove that interference. How do we do that? We actually, actually, Liz was saying something earlier. Find your chair, we call it. Where is the spot in which you are dedicating to spend time with the Lord? My chair is actually, it's proverbial, but it is, it's, I guess it's on the sofa. There's one spot on the sofa that I go every morning. And then you guys know, we've said it before, I go on a prayer walk every morning for about 30 minutes. That is my time, that is my space to be able to read the word of God. It's not preparing for a message, it's not preparing for a meeting. It's what does the Lord have to say to me, and then I go pray and I listen for his voice. I'm working on reading through the Bible in the year. Do you know how many minutes a day you need to dedicate to reading through the Bible in a year? Eleven. I don't have eleven minutes. Uh, yeah, okay, let's talk. You don't have eleven minutes. Bust out your phones and show me your screen time report. Right? And why does screen time report come at Sunday, right at 9.30 when I'm walking into church to discourage me from how much I've been looking on the screen, Right? I don't know if you did anybody get the screen time reports, or is it just me? Okay, yeah. i got to change the time on when I get them, right? Sunday, this is when Apple does it. Sunday, right as I'm walking in. 
But there's indicators in your life. You can find 11 minutes. You can pray while you're in the car. You can pray while you're in the shower. You can listen to worship music as you come and as you go. There are things you can do. And sometimes they're difficult because, you know what, bad habits are hard to break. You say, but I have small children. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know what it's like to have small kids. Something called praying continuously. So if you've got small kids, you can be an atmosphere of prayer continuously. And that's a legit thing. That's in the Bible. That voice of God, we need to remove the interference so we can hear it and understand it. Acts back to Acts chapter 9, verse 13. And Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has the authority of the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. Verse 15, but the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my sake. The second key to breakthrough living after you remove the interference is to receive confirmation from what you believe you hear the Lord speaking to you. You have to receive the confirmation. And I want to talk about this for a minute because it's important to discern is what I'm hearing, my own thoughts? Is it a good TED talk that I listen to? I've been watching this one YouTube channel so much that I begin speaking and acting like the person who's on the YouTube channel. Come on, right? You can pick up a British accent really quick if you watch some British videos, right? So we have a tendency, come on, right? We have a tendency to begin to formulate ourselves into what we are pouring into our lives. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Whatever we are putting in is what ends up coming out. The Bible says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we have to receive, if you look at Ananias, he's having a debate with God. He knew God, he heard the voice right away, and he's just like, wait, time out. Time out, are you telling me you want me to go where? I, I need a little confirmation on this, please. Because what I think, Lord, I heard you say is for me to go pray for the guy who's persecuting Christians. So let me just have a little, let's, let's get some confirmation on this for a second. And I can imagine, we always put, I was telling the, the group on Saturday, we, you know, when we read the Bible, we put it through our own personal filter. Right, wrong, or indifferent, that's what we do. So when I read this story, I think of Ananias and his discussion with his wife. Right? Ananias goes to his wife and is just like, hey, babe. I don't know if he talks like this. This is how I talk. Hey, babe. I feel like the Lord just told me to go and pray for this guy who's persecuting and getting Christians killed. I, yeah, I know I'm, yeah, yeah, babe, I know I'm a Christian. Yeah, 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 I know. Yeah, why, why, why do I, I don't know why I won't do it, just because the Lord said to do it. Imagine the conversation. And so Ananias understands that he better get some confirmation that this is what the Lord wants him to go do. And the Lord responded and says, no, I want you to go. When we, I won't go through the whole story, but in 2010... Actually, Lynn, I was sitting right there. 2010, I was in a church service right here on a Sunday morning. There was a guest speaker up here. So, Pastor Jim, I remember all your messages and everything you've ever preached. But this was a guest speaker up here. Come on. You guys don't remember what I said last week. I'm just kidding. <clears throat> there was a guest speaker up here. His name was Christopher Alum. 
you know, Christopher alum, okay. And he was preaching, but I don't remember what he was talking about. And I was sitting right where Lynn is, and I felt that still small voice. The Holy Spirit was speaking. At the time, I was working at General Electric. I had a great job there. I loved what I did there. I mean, I was, I was a plant manager here at the site. I absolutely loved everything about it. Dream job, literal. It was my dream job at the time. It's what I knew. It's exactly what I wanted to go do. And I'm sitting right where Lynn is. And I feel like the Holy Spirit say, you need to leave GE. I'm like, what? Leave GE? Are you joking me? I, I don't think I heard from God correctly there. And he says it again. Leave GE and go help at the church, whether they pay you or not. Like, no, 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 no. I'm totally, this is totally messed up. So Liz is in the back of the sanctuary, back right around where Chet is walking right now, not to point him out. Okay, but right where Chet is, and she's rocking one of our babies, right? She's doing one of these things, right? Because as you know, as a mom or a dad, and you've got a baby that's making noise, you're trying to keep it quiet, but you want to hear the guest speaker, right? So you're doing one of these things in the back, and I'm like, oh, man, it's totally rude to get up when someone's preaching, but it doesn't matter. i got to do it. So if you do it, it's okay. I don't think it's rude. Okay, so I start backing out from where Lynn's sitting like this, and I walk to the back of the sanctuary. Hey, babe. Again, this is how I talk, right? Hey, babe. She's like, yeah, I know. It's like, <laughs> what, what, are you, what do you mean you know? She's like, yeah, I know. Lord told me. It's like, what? It's like, come on. What, like what we're going to do for lunch? Like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. What, what I have to tell you, what I'm about to tell you is like life-changing. It's huge. It's amazing. Like, this is going to absolutely transform it. Like, I don't think you understand. And she said, she's like, yeah, I know. I said, well, you go first. Yeah, right? Like, well, I'm not going to share my stuff first. Go ahead, you go first. She goes, you're supposed to leave GE. Oh, my. Are you kidding me? The confirmation that I needed from someone who I trusted, who I also knew heard from God, happened. Why? Because God knew that I needed it. So what did I progress to do for the next two and a half months? I debated with the Lord. Still debated with the Lord. Saying, no, 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 I'm not. So, you know, someone's got to fund the ministry, right? Someone's got to be the guy who makes a lot of money and pays for the building and stuff, right? I'm debating with God constantly about how this is not really the calling on my life and it's I'm supposed to be going to do something else. But you see, the Lord knows we need confirmation on things, especially big things in our life. And so how do we get the confirmation that we need? Number one, does it line up with the word of God? If you're hearing from God and it doesn't line up with the word of God, then you're not hearing from God correctly. Do you have confirmation from trusted loved ones and fellow believers? And do you have peace? I'm not talking about does it make you nervous. I'm talking about when God speaks to you, and you hear that voice. And sometimes, you know, the, the voice that you hear, it comes in a lot of different ways because he's talking to your, through the Holy Spirit to your spirit. And so we hear it almost as if it's our own thoughts and we're wondering, is this true? Is this legit? Well, how we figure it out is, does it line up with the word of God? Do you have confirmation from someone who you trust and who you love who also hears from God? And I write down the things that the Lord tells me. I have 18 pages of stuff that the Lord has told me over the course of the past couple years. And I write them down because I want to make sure and I want to get confirmation that this is truly what the Lord is saying. 
Is this truly what he wants? Because how many of you know not every answer to every problem in your life? It's in here in some way, but there's not the specifics that you need. And a lot of times we actually go to God and we ask him questions. Lord, should I get puppies or not? Right? Come on. These are legit questions of our life. Now, I want somebody to see if you can find where if it says that the Ackerman family should get puppies or not here in the Bible. Like, I don't even know. If, I mean, I'm sure the word dog is in there somewhere. Right? But there's, there's not specific answers to your specific questions in life. There's answers to God, who he is, his love for us. But there's times where we have to ask specific questions. So we need to hear that voice. We need to pose those questions and then get that confirmation. And then what is the language of what you're hearing? Because I can tell you right now that God does not speak with fear. He is not the author of fear. He doesn't speak with fear. If you're hearing things and, you, and they immediately turn you to be fearful and concerned and they're terrible, tragic things that if you don't do this, something horrible and awful is going to happen and people will be mangled up and there'll be car wrecks and it'll be awful and terrible thing. That's not God. He doesn't speak that way. He doesn't talk that way. So here's the tough part. Verse 17. Acts 9, verse 17. And Ananias went. So he hears from God. He gets confirmation of what the Lord wants him to go do. The key to living a breakthrough life is Ananias went his way, entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me, so that you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Point number three here, radical obedience. You want to live a breakthrough life? You need to walk in radical obedience to what the Lord is telling you to go do. And you're just like, well, how, we've already walked through. If you heard it and you got confirmation, he is calling you out of the boat. If you think of the story of Peter, as he's, as he's as on the boat and he sees Jesus coming, what does he say? Call me out, Jesus. Call me to you. And Jesus says, what? Come. And Peter gets out of the boat and a legit miracle happens. A miracle happens right there. He gets out of the boat and he walks on water. Why? He heard the voice of God. He had confirmation because he said, Lord, if it's you, tell me again. Tell me to come. And he got out of the boat. He had a radical obedience. No one else got out of the boat. Just Peter. And he walked on water. So when you walk in this radical obedience, God begins to do miracles in your life. He begins to do miracles in your life. You say, how do I know? Because it's happened in my own life. When we left GE and everyone thought, not everyone here, but people in our lives, close family members, thought, why would you ever do that? You're going to live a life, oh, of poverty and of pain and problems and challenges. Was it easy? No. But I can tell you I'm not living a life of poverty because I, because I obeyed the voice of God to leave GE. And there's miracle after miracle in this process of doing it. But then remember what Peter did, right? Because sometimes when we're walking in radical obedience, it's a little scary. And we see things that are happening around us. We look to the left, we look to the right, and we take our eyes off Jesus. 
and the word that the word that Jesus had was come to me, come. But what happened? When you start looking around the wind and the waves, he started to sink. But guess what our good Lord did? What did he do? He was right there to grab Peter. Pulled him up. He, Jesus was honoring Peter's radical obedience to the word that he said. Because he's always there to catch you. To help you. In every situation in your life. This radical means extreme. Far reaching. Thorough. Worship team if you want to come back up. In Acts 9, verse 18, here it says, after all this went down, after everything happened, it says immediately, so this is Ananias praying for Saul. A miracle occurs. Immediately, there fell from his eyes something like scales. He received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. So he had received food, he was strengthened. And when Saul spent some days with the disciples in Damascus. I encourage you today that living a breakthrough life is not easy. But it starts first and foremost with a relationship with God. It starts first and foremost with a relationship with his word. And to be able to walk and to be able to hear his voice. To discern it. To know that it's him. And then to walk in radical obedience in it. So stand with me this morning. We're going to play just a part of that Waymaker song. If you're here this morning and you just say, you know what? Pastor Jason, I, I want to live and I want to walk this way. But I just, I just need someone to pray with me. We're going to have a chance to pray with you here in just a few minutes after we sing this song. But I just want you to reflect in your heart. Do you hear the voice of God? And if you don't, you can. The Bible says that wisdom cries out in the intersections. It's actually yelling. The wisdom that's there is yelling at the intersections, which means it's available for us to be able to hear. So let's sing this song together, and then I'm going to close this out in prayer. Because I believe this is one of the most important messages that I'll probably ever give you. Because when you begin to learn to do this and walk in it, and you don't get it right right away. But as you begin to do it and you strengthen that relationship and your time in the word, he begins to lead you and guide you into places, into the ministry that he has for you, into the calling that he has for you. And I can assure you it's an adventure. Amen. Let's sing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we worship you. We worship you. With every head bowed and every person's eyes closed. If you're here this morning, you said, Pastor Jason... I haven't even started step one in this process of living a breakthrough life, meaning I've never accepted Jesus. I've never made him Lord and Savior of my life. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short. 
that the punishment of sin is eternal death. But it doesn't end there. But Jesus, but Jesus came and he paid the price on the cross for every sin, every sin that you committed, thought about committing, and will commit in the future. He paid the ultimate price. And the Bible says in Romans that the way to accept that and receive that is to believe that Jesus is who he says he is, that he did what he, the Bible says that he did, which we know to be true, that we've confessed with our mouth and believe in our hearts. So if you're here this morning, you've never said that prayer. You've never made that commitment to Jesus. Just slip your hand up. It's dark in here. I'm not going to call you up. Well, I might, but that's okay. Okay. There may be someone watching online. It's just, you don't have to repeat this prayer. I'm just going to pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for sending your son Jesus to make a way, to make a way for a relationship with you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us and speak to us. And we make you Lord of our lives. We thank you for all you've done. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Guys, we got some prayer teams that are coming up here. If you say, Pastor Jay, look, we got cookies and coffee, so there's no rush to get out. There'll still be cookies left for you. We've got some prayer teams that are coming up here. If you're just like, you know what, that message, I just need someone to pray with me. Pray in agreement that I'll begin to take the next steps to live a breakthrough life. Or maybe you need something that healing in your life. Maybe a relationship issue, you want to bring it to prayer with someone. There's a prayer teams that are up here that you can come and pray with them. I'm going to close with this benediction and then I'll pray for our cookies. That's right. Please, Lord, please make these cookies into vegetables as I eat them. I don't think it works that way. I, get a, yeah, I heard a joke one time about there was a comedian who said, please turn this uh, Cheeto. No, it was, I think it was a Cheeto. That's the orange one that I looked at. Yeah, into a carrot as I swallow it. Just because the two things are orange, I don't think it works that way. <laughs> All right, Hebrews 13. Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work, complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ. To whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen and amen. Lord, bless this food to our bodies, these cookies and this coffee and the water, Lord. I just pray for a great time of fellowship, of connection, of being a church family. We thank you for these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed.